Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Travel Podcast, where we interview leaders in the sports event industry. This is Matt Traub, Senior Editor of Sports Travel, and our guest today is Dan Ghosh-Roy, Chief Digital Officer of the Professional Fighters League. But before we begin, this episode of the Sports Travel Podcast is being sponsored by the Teams Conference and Expo, the world's largest gathering of sports event organizers and the destinations and suppliers that serve the sports event industry. Teams 21 will be held at the Atlantic City Convention Center in Atlantic City, New Jersey from September 27th through 30th, 2021. This year's conference will again feature the co-location of the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic SportsLink program and NGB Best Practices Seminar, as well as the annual symposium of the National Congress of State Games. For more details on everything we have planned at Teams this year, please visit teamsconference.com. And now, on to the conversation. The Professional Fighters League 2021 season begins April 23rd in primetime on ESPN and ESPN's multiple streaming platforms. The season will be held in a bubble environment at the Ocean Casino Resort in Atlantic City, New Jersey, with former world champions Fabricium Verdum, Anthony Pettis, and Clarissa Shields all participating in the PFL for the first time, in addition to returning champions Kayla Harrison, Lance Palmer, and Nate Schulte looking to defend their crowns. As Chief Digital Officer of the PFL, Dan Ghosh-Roy oversees all audience, engagement, product, programming, promotion, and technology, expanding the league's direct-to-consumer platform and capabilities. Dan joined the PFL from Complex Networks, where he served as Senior Vice President for Marketing and Audience Development. Prior to Complex, he also served as Head of Digital for Parkwood Entertainment, responsible for the strategy and execution of Beyonce's digital business, among other duties. Dan joined the podcast last week to preview the PFL season, what went into the choice of Atlantic City as the destination for the PFL bubble, and much more about what sports organizations can and should be doing when it comes to promoting themselves on social media platforms while embracing technology. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Dan Ghosh Roy of the PFL. Thank you for joining us today on the Sports Travel Podcast. Thanks for having me, Matt. Uh, the PFL has set up a bubble environment for the upcoming season at the Ocean Casino Resort in Atlantic City, New Jersey. What went into the league's decision to have both Atlantic City as the central site for, in terms of a destination and then the Ocean Casino Resort as where in Atlantic City you would set up your controlled environment? Sure. Well, you know, we we have a long history with the Ocean Casino Resort. Part of our ownership group owns the venue, and we've done events there many times before to really kind of top of the top of the class um, venue. And so it was as we were surveying all the different opportunities, it really came through as the best best option for us. You know, it allows us to to set up camp for the you know the six events that. Uh, are covered over really two and a half months. We can keep all of our equipment and the training center that we built there for the fighters and the training rooms for the fighters. Everything stays in one place and it's completely secure, completely zoned so that there's no interaction with you know the general public or anyone that has not been through the quarantine and the rules that we've set up for our bubble. So it was really, it came together nicely in that it's a, it's a state-of-the-art venue we were able to control the environment very well and, and we know and we know the environment. So from a production perspective, we also are are well versed in it. So we know we can put on a great show. 
Obviously, you guys are having to build out a bubble that is not just to make sure that it's a safe environment health-wise for fighters and for everybody, all the staff that will be there, but you've also got to build out a cage, all the training areas. It has to be quite an undertaking. Yeah, massive undertaking. And the team has done an incredible job. We've been working on it for a couple of months now. And it's, I mean, it's, it's done. It's, it's all set. You know, the fighters arrived. Uh, they started arriving April 6th. And so that's uh, almost you know, about 10 days ago now. And you know, everything was ready for them. And you know, so far, so good. We've, we've been able to you know, come through. We've set up our own technology for a tracking system and a check-in system. And we partnered with uh, a COVID testing agency and Health Rover. So they're checking everyone every day. And, you know, the facilities are really supporting the needs of the fighters and the needs of our staff. So a couple of months it took to get there. I mean, that's just the build. Obviously, it's been many, 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 many more months of planning. Uh, but, you know, so far we're, we're, we're in good shape. How many PFL staff will be in the bubble themselves, uh, including yourself? And how will you and everybody else be under the same protocols as all the fighters that are competing? Yeah, so we've we've got two zones. One is the red zone, which is people that are there with the fighters. Anyone that has contact with the fighters is part of the red zone. They can't leave campus. They can't leave the red zone within the venue either. And so, you know, there's outdoor outdoor areas in the red zone, but they're very they're designated for the red zone. So those people, they are in the bubble for the full 30 days of the first half of the regular season and then another 30 for the second half of the regular season. The number on that is probably in the 20 to 30 range, and then it flexes out as people come in. Then there's the blue zone, and the blue zone is for people that are coming and going, but you still have to go through a quarantine and test out, and then you're in a separate environment from where all the red zone people are. So you can't you can't interact with them. And so if you need to be in touch, we have runners that can bring things back and forth, but it allows us to to function as a business at the event, but also to keep staff, fighters, trainers, and, and production teams, et cetera, very, very safe. Was it difficult to talk with the fighters and their representatives about spending the season in a bubble environment and saying, look, you're going to be you know, isolated for these few weeks or for however long you're going to be competing? You know, I didn't have those direct conversations, but fortunately, we have a great team and we have a great group of fighters. And Everyone really understands that this is for the safety and the well-being of the of the fighters and their and their the team that they travel with and their staff and our staff and so everyone's very very understanding of the amount of energy and effort we put into making sure that this was something that could be done the right way and so you know it, everyone's supportive of it. I know at least for the first fight, you've said there will not be any fans. Is there a chance that you may allow fans into matches as the season goes on, depending on how health conditions change in Atlantic City and New Jersey? Yeah, I mean, I can't predict it. Obviously, we'd love to have fans. And I think if there's an opportunity, we'd look at it. And if we felt that it was safe to do, we would take those steps to do that. But can't sit here and predict who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. (laughs) You know, the PFL has a deal with ESPN to broadcast its fights. And that obviously is a huge thing for yourself in terms of visibility. What is the importance of, on top of that, having your own very robust streaming complement to the TV broadcast when it comes to the PFL's overall growth? Well, I mean, MMA is a global league or global sport, sorry, 550 million fans worldwide. And it's incredibly important for us to have a robust streaming offering outside of the U.S. and just in general as a brand. You know, the fight product, the live event product, of course, is the is the crown jewel. 
But all the derivatives that come from that, all of the content we can build off of our fighters from our archives, it's, it's really, that's our IP, that's, our, that's the value in the brand, and that's building the brand. And so we put a huge emphasis on it. And it's not just focusing on one platform or the other. We're trying to be in, in as many places as possible to grow awareness of our brand, to generate some revenue, and to drive engagement around the PFL. And so whether that's through YouTube or Fubo or our international broadcast partners or ESPN or a variety of other partners that we're working with, as an example, we'll be streaming internationally on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and our OTT app. How could I forget? And so we can talk about the OTT app in a second, but it's really important that we're utilizing all of these platforms that have large audiences so that we can tap into them and and bring their audience into to the world of the PFL. You mentioned the OTT app and that's something that I wanted to touch base with you on is, you know, what goes into the development of that? How do you plan and come up with content planning and content inventory for for such an offering? 2020 being uh, a year in which we postponed our season we really had an opportunity to focus on uh, the media side of our business. And we were able to look at our archive, see how we could distribute fights from the past, how we could create original content that is derivative of it, whether it's a behind the scenes story around a, a very popular knockout, whether it's original programming around our champion's journeys, all of those original programming series that really tell the story of the fighters and the PFL. And so we developed a programming cadence in which we were releasing three series a week on our OTT and across other platforms. Uh, some of the series were shorter form, three to five minutes in nature. Some were longer form in 22s. And some of it is just straight up fight content. And people love fight content. So that's how you know we developed the on-demand portion of it. And once you get people hooked on the on-demand catalog that continues to grow, because now we have these series that we build upon, then we add some bells and whistles to the offering. And then we have our live events this year that is added to the offering, which is really what is going to drive a lot of the engagement, a lot of the, the views and the minutes viewed. And so we'll continue to develop the technology around it. Personalization is key, you know, unique views, unique op- opportunities to gain behind the scenes access. And then the live events, of course. So these are the things we're thinking about. But personalization, AI, integration, that's all very much on the roadmap for this year. A lot of what you've been talking about, it it really kind of folds, I think, into branding and making sure you brand your product. And what advice do you think you have for event organizers about what makes for good, engaging content on social media and other platforms based on what the PFL has experienced when it comes to promoting its own product? I mean, everything is authenticity. Everything is authenticity. You have to understand your voice and your tone of your brand and stick to it and stick to your guns and program consistently and program based on what you're seeing the fans like. You were very data-driven at the Professional Fighters League. We're always paying attention to what worked and what didn't work. We know that in the fight game, people love the highlights. They love those big knockouts, but they also love the matchups. And so when you can tell the story of the matchup and you can tell the story of the highlight and you can give the quick bites across all these social platforms, you know, bearing in mind, not only authenticity of the brand, but 
in some regards, authenticity to the platform. Because the Instagram fan is going to be different than the Facebook viewer that's watching videos that are a little bit longer in nature versus the YouTube lean back experience where you're watching a full fight versus the TikTok, which is skews younger, maybe is a little more platform native in that you're using their tools to craft a piece of content that isn't just about the highlight, but you know, as we found success with some backstories using the, the audio archive that is on uh, TikTok to marry it up with a highlight or a, an interesting piece of our content. So it's looking at all those platforms, understanding what's working, what's not working, and continuing to, to optimize and program and, and take risks and be inspired by what else is out there. Be inspired by what other brands and, and leagues and, and talent are doing. And that's, that's what we've done. But it all starts with being authentic to your brand and, and knowing what that is. And we've really developed a good voice over the past couple of years. You know, how does the PFL work with fighters on building and sustaining their own social media brands based off of the data and the feedback that you get when it comes to promoting your own product? Yeah, we have a dedicated fighter marketing resource and we really pay attention to the platforms that they're on. We give a social 101 at the top of the season and we educate the fighters on best practices. We have direct contacts with all the platforms. So if we have a fighter that needs some help, we can always get them in touch with the platform, but we're in, a, we're in contact with them on a day-to-day basis. We see what's working on their channels and we actually produce content for them to make sure that it's easy for them to consistently program. We don't try to change their voice. We just try to give them the, the best advice on, hey, we saw this work. So here's another piece of content for you. If you want to post it, we highly recommend it. We drive a cadence making sure that they're consistent on there. Obviously, when they are in the midst of, of a fight week, things heat up. And as they're training, things heat up. But that doesn't mean that we're not paying attention and we don't want to help them to continue to grow their brand because obviously the larger they grow, the better it is for to get potential eyes on their fights and in turn for the PFL. So yeah, we pay great attention. We try to give them the best advice we can and, and make sure that they have content at the ready so that they can post and they don't have to search for it. Because that's a really hard thing, actually. You know, when you look at media companies like Bleacher Report, as an example, you know, they have the luxury of being able to utilize the NBA's content, but they're constantly grabbing it, constantly using it. And you'll see that the NBA players are using content from Bleacher, right? They're utilizing that content because it took off. And so looking at that type of a media company, I come from, you know, before I was at the PFL, I worked at Complex, understanding how media businesses run their socials and making sure that you're consistently programming and you have the right content to program. That's what we're trying to do for our fighters. That's what we're trying to provide them is the opportunity because as you get busy, you may stop posting for a minute and we know the algorithms like consistency. The algorithms like to you to continue to feed your fans and use their product because that's how they live. So we, we try to drive all best practices through those sides. You mentioned uh, we've been talking about some of the fighters and their own social media brands, and you have this year Clarissa Shields, who many believe is the best women's boxer in the world, competing in the PFL. How big is it for the league that you have somebody with that big name, with that big social media branding it's, that she carries, with bringing it to the PFL? And how are you able to hopefully leverage her involvement with the league this season? Well, she's been great, and you know, an athlete like. Claressa Shields 
media is drawn to her. And so she's been very experienced across these digital channels for years now. And so with Clarissa, it's a similar thing where, you know, I'm not going to tell Clarissa Shields how to run her socials by any means, but I'm certainly going to help give her content. I'm going to make sure that what she needs, we can provide to her and the storylines that we're trying to build that she's aware of a lot of it's communication. And so we stay close in touch with, with her team and, you know, we you know, synchronize all the announcements that we do around her and, you know, we support her in her boxing career. And we certainly are going to support her in her MMA career. And we make sure that it's an open communication. She and her team have what they need and that we are letting her know how we are looking at her in the league and how the rest of the world is looking at her and, and give her the opportunities to show the world that she's a champion and, you know, her desires to be a future champion in MMA. And so, you know, we want to give her the opportunity to, to, have, that, to have that chance to, to do it. Obviously, she's one of the biggest names in women's boxing and now is going to be part of the PFL. What, in addition to her debut, are you really looking forward to just yourself uh, and seeing this year? Well, we got a lot of new fighters this year, and that's exciting. And a lot of the fighters are are big names. Anthony Pettis, Fabricio Verdum, Rory McDonald, Kayla returning as the champion, still undefeated. Is anyone going to give Kayla a hard time this season? I'm, I'm excited to see that. I think people... You know, we have we have a couple contenders in there that that want to want to take that gold away from her. So, a lot of the new fighters, I'm very excited to see. You know, Rory McDonald, we signed right before the 2020 season, and so this guy, you know, he's well known for having one of the greatest fights of the decade versus Robbie Lawler, and so we haven't even had a chance to see him in the PFL cage. So that's going to be very very exciting. He's he's reared and ready to go, and I want to see that. Obviously, Pettis opens up our season as the headliner of our first event. Pettis is, you know, he's still in his prime and, and, and he wants another belt. And so I'm excited to see that. And in general, the beauty of the PFL is that it is a regular season. It is a playoffs. It is a championship. It's a sports season format and anything can happen. You know, I, you know, as a big sports fan myself, I look back to as a, as a Red Sox fan, you know, Oh, four, we're down three zip to the Yanks and then we come back and we win the whole thing. And so that's the beauty of the PFL is that you have that great opportunity. You may be a huge underdog, but who knows what happens when you step in that cage. And just because, you know, if you're one of the top dogs and you lose, you're not necessarily out. And so you rack up those points, get your two fights in, see where you sit in the standings, get into the playoffs and anything is possible from there. So, I'm excited for the storylines. I'm excited to see these new fighters fight. I'm excited to see who's someone we didn't even know was going to come through and really make a mark on the league and show us that they came, you know, really to play and really to fight and show the world that they are are deserving of a chance at the world title. The PFL is definitely different than other MMA promotions in that it does have its season. It has the, like you mentioned, mentioned it has the regular season. It has playoffs. What do you think, you've found in that format that works for you compared to other MMA promotions where it's very much about one-off, you know, pay-per-view events. I think from a fighter perspective, they like knowing that they have the opportunity to fight four times in the year, that they don't have to wait to be chosen or wait to be picked. That has always uh, resonated with the fighter community. 
they know they go out there and win, they're going to continue fighting that year. From the fan perspective, it also gives the fans something to look forward to. If you're a huge fan of Anthony Pettis and you want to see him fight multiple times in the year, you know you're going to see him fight at least two times in the regular season. And you can cheer him on and hope he makes the playoffs and you can see him more, a couple more times. Again, it, you know, I, I, I look at the NFL and I think about all the wild card implications uh, at the end of every season. And it's like if the Kansas City Chiefs win, the Pats win, and the Steelers lose and all that, all of that happens in our league. And it's up to us to tell those stories and get people excited about that and get people interested. And so that's what we do. That's our job as storytellers. But I think that really makes a mark. People can get into the the drama of it all. And that's where we, we really lean in. Another thing that within the cage, the PFL has leaned into is they've leaned very heavily into technology. You have the smart cage fight analytics data. There's real-time prop bets that uh, are available. Describe why that's important for you as a league to invest in. If you pay attention to the trends across media, people are very interested in tech and gaming and you know, esports is taking off because of a lot of these types of kind of next generation technologies. And so the more we can offer the fan to chew on, the better off we'll all be. You look at, yeah, like you mentioned, we have strike speed. So we are the only league that measures the speed in miles per hour of a strike within the cage. Very unique. And when contextualized, you can start to understand the force at which these fighters are fighting and receiving blows. Similarly, we are advancing our game in a way with our fighter performance rating. It's very much like the QBR of the quarterback. We're trying to give people an idea of how this fighter did based on a a data set that was proprietary to the PFL, but it gives people an idea like, hey, did, did Pettis come out and fight his fight his best? Or was he not at his best, but he still squeaked it out? People are really interested in that. People want to measure and people want to bet. Like you'd mentioned gaming, you know, we have very unique proc bets. No one else is going to be able to, to bet on strike speed. No one else is going to be able to, to bet on uh, the season, right? Like we have futures bets where you can, you can bet on who's going to win a season. You can bet on who's going to make the playoffs. And so the smart cage, the season format, all of these things are, are designed to engage a fan who right now is consuming so much content that you have to find ways to bring them in. And so by offering different perspectives via tech and data, that's one way to bring them in. Offering them a unique way to watch the league is another way to bring them in. And so these are, these are the reasons why it's so important to us. And you'll see us continue to, to innovate. That's, you know, that's core to what we do. And we understand that the younger demo that is tuning into these events wants that type of content. And so we're going to give it to them. You mentioned also, and we're talking about sports betting, who do you have relationships with when it comes to taking and doing the sports betting side of things for the PFL? And what type of role do you see that playing and in growing interest and attention in the league, not only this summer, but each successive year? Well, so, I mean, we have a deal that we'll be announcing next week, but we definitely have one of the big partners and they're going to be a a big part of what we do. We also will be announcing next week that we've brought on two 
big names in the betting influencer space that will be our our talking heads around a gaming heading into each of our events and in between events. And this will be done in long form podcast, mid form video, and then snackable social content. So we really are ramping up on the betting side of things. And the things we were just talking about with uh, our prop bets and our futures bets, that's really being supported through our partner. And, you know, we'll leverage their platform and their reach and their audience to make sure that our fans are aware. We also, from a gaming perspective, we did a partnership with a a niche company called Verdict MMA. Verdict MMA is an MMA app where there's no money involved, but there's pride and fans get to judge the fights. And so it's a very popular thing to do. The fans love to have a voice in what they think, who they think won that round, who they think won that, that fight. And so uh, we're partnering with Verdict on that and we'll be integrating with their global scorecard and fans will be able to take part in that as an, as an engagement play there. So constantly surveying what's out there, what we think lines up with our audience and our community and, and trying to make the most of it. You mentioned earlier that you come to the PFL from Complex. What made you join the PFL? The opportunity to join a brand that was on the come up and do it in a sport that is in high growth mode. My whole career, I've been fortunate to go from brands and products that were on the come up. I started my career, I worked at Napster, and that was something, you know, music industry was being revolutionized at that moment. I went from Napster and I worked at some of the major labels, and the major labels were trying to adapt to this new Napster world we brought in iTunes, we brought in Facebooks of the world, we brought in YouTube, all of that. Then I went from the major labels and I went to an independent music company, Ultra Music, which is dance music. And this was right before EDM started to pop in the US. You know, I had an opportunity to go and work for Beyonce and work on the Lemonade album, do the formation drop and understand how to craft that, these kind of iconic historical moments. Then I went to complex streetwear, sneakers, that was blowing up, right? Um, shows like Hot Ones were blowing up. So I've had an opportunity to, to kind of experience moments in time in culture and help to grow things that were trending in that direction. And that's where I really felt MMA is going. And I felt that PFL with their unique perspective on it, I really was sold in on the sports season format. I, I really felt like that was something unique to the sport and something that was missing and people could uh, really grasp and give us an opportunity to to build a brand globally that people are going to follow for years. Well, that rolls in right next to my next question, which is now that you've been with the PFL for a little bit, where do you think the PFL can fit in the broader landscape of professional sports, both in the United States and internationally? I think the PFL has the opportunity to, in the U.S., certainly be considered one of the, if not the top MMA organizations in the territory. We do have the opportunity to really pull in sports fans of all kinds that are starting to get into MMA. They may watch the big matches from the other organizations, but maybe they would be very interested in following a season the whole way along. So I think in the U.S., it's very natural for people to understand sports season format. Internationally, We look at ourselves and we look at, you know, international football as a really good blueprint. There's 
different leagues in different regions, and they all have their stars and they're trading between the different regions. And, you know, why couldn't we be a league with all those different regional pieces of our puzzle that, that line up and work together? So I think as we look to the future, we think about how do we expand the right way? What is the inspiration for that expansion? And, you know, we have our international qualifier series. That's kind of step one into that. And the international qualifier series is what we, we partner with regional MMA leagues. They run a four-person tournament. Whoever wins that tournament gets a spot in the PFL. And so we'll definitely do more of that. And then we'll think about how to grow that to even a larger perspective. And like I said, bearing in mind how the Premier League does it. Well, the PFL's bubble environment this season, it'll be at the Ocean Casino Resort in Atlantic City, New Jersey. And Dan, thanks for joining us today on the Sports Travel Podcast. Thanks for having me, Matt. It's been a pleasure. This has been another edition of the Sports Travel Podcast. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on all of your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Past episodes are also available at sportstravelmagazine.com, which features breaking news and in-depth features on stories related to the sports events industry. Be sure to visit us daily at sportstravelmagazine.com, at Sports Travel on Twitter and Instagram, and at Sports Travel Magazine on Facebook and LinkedIn. Until then, this is Matt Trow for Sports Travel, and thanks for listening.